this is William with Allegory Gallery Interviews, and I'm here today with Kelly Russell and Andrew Thornton. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. So how's everything going? Good. Good. Good? Yeah. Good. Good. So, Kelly, for people who don't know you, um, you are on Facebook, but you can't find you in many other places online. True. So why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, I had my blog, mm-hmm. and then... It's a good blog. It was a good blog. I, I was trying to do it every day, but then I was diagnosed with anemia. Oh. And so I was sleeping almost 20 hours a day and not oh, doing wow. anything in my mm-hmm. studio. And I figured if I didn't have anything to show anybody, I didn't need to have the blog and it's kind of gone by the wayside. But I am talking to a couple of different people about doing a new website. I used to have mm-hmm. one. Um, and the thing is, um, when I was ill for all that time, um, I had a couple of hard times to go through. Okay. And I dropped the, well, the website was dropped on me. So <laughs> oh, that was an unfortunate mm-hmm. thing. But the people that ran it got divorced and there it went. So okay. um, I remember that. They ran a great website and they were so great about it i get along with all of them still do and um but because of that and because of being ill all that stuff dropped Mm -hmm. so now i'm just on facebook and at the time when i had the website and the um, blog i was doing pmc but now i'm doing um, because it costs so much i'm doing working with polymer and um for those of you who don't know pmc precious metal oh yes Mm -hmm. i'm sorry I mean, I had a great career for PMC. Mm-hmm. I was on the cover of a book. I did a chapter in a book. I was on the back cover of another book. So I've been in about 10 books. Okay. And um, my work has been purchased by people around the globe, so that's mm-hmm. nice. Absolutely. And one of my necklaces in the, is in the Mitsubishi collection, and they're the people that developed PMC. Oh, wow. Amazing. So, yes. yeah, and I was in one Phenomenal. of the invitationals for the, show, for the PMC conferences. Amazing. So... Yeah, I'm really famous. For I used a while. <laughs> yeah, and then I disappeared <laughs> on the face of the earth. Um, but really, it was um, my husband. It's a joke now, but my husband moved out to the garage, and he's been out there for ten years now. And we're still married, and but it was difficult those first couple of years, and then I had the anemia and everything, and that was hard to get back from. They didn't know what was causing it, so it was hard to cure it, and. Right. Um, had a couple of blood transfusions and stuff. So oh, wow. um, it's difficult to come back from that. And there was a lot of anger on. But um, I think you've, you've grown a lot and you're starting to reemerge. And yeah. those, I think you were also doing a lot of like experimentation. Yeah. With and, PMC, yeah. Well, not just PMC, but with polymer and fibers. Yeah. and. Yep. In that interim, I did a lot with Nuno Felt. Because I love silk. I learned how to do Japanese uh, kimono fabric with Pace Resist. And um, I was invited to go over to Japan and do a show. And um, I I did New York Fashion Week. And um, I learned how to do Nuno felt so I actually That's can amazing. make my own dresses mm-hmm. and stuff if I want <laughs> but That's, you know yeah. I love the feel of it but then you can embroider on it and you can make polymer for it or you can make PMC for it mm-hmm. and so it's like oh yeah 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 <laughs> we got other things to play with right. damn you know but um so now though because PMC is so expensive it was like I still want to make jewelry I still want to go creative um, how am I going to do that and I had done polymer before when it first came out in 1990 um, I took my youngest son he was four days old he went to my first class well my husband was in the SEAL team and so he got called out to duty and it was like sorry can't can't watch Martin you're going to have to take him it's like oh thanks but everybody <laughs> liked him 
So that was good. He wasn't a crier. Like a four-day-old baby. I know. He was cute. (laughs) But it'd kill me to hear me say that. But, um, (laughs) but, um, so I did polymer then. Then we moved to Mississippi. And, um, they didn't really understand it. It was so new, 1990s, about when, um, I think that's when New Clay came out, the first book by Nan Roach. And she's the one that kind of kick-started polymer for everybody across the country. And um, it's really developed into something outrageous now. I mean, it's a medium that imitates everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. So if you can think of something that's in metal that you like, like I just went to China and saw buildings that just blew my mind. And um, I came back with uh, ideas for series. Series. (laughs) A lot of series. Um, (laughs) Many series. Many series. One um, for the new buildings balanced against the ancient buildings because they surely are ancient. Mm -hmm. But the new buildings are so like Blade Runner (laughs) 20,050. You know, I mean, so far in the modern. It just blows your mind to see them next to each other. contrast, right. Well, it's interesting you mention that because uh, architecture kind of has been a theme throughout your work with the construction Mm -hmm. or the motifs. And it's kind of interesting that now you're going into a more uh, colorful, mosaic and more um, more modern flair that your interest would be in like the more modern Chinese architecture well believe it or not I actually was considering architecture as oh, a that as doesn't a, surprise me you know, when I was in ninth grade I took architecture in school um, but I also took the honors art classes <laughs> so <laughs> right. the honors art check class teacher he said you're not doing that anymore because you're more made for this and so that was really nice I almost I missed um, a full scholarship to the school of visual arts That's by right, one person man. four years paid I was so disappointed but it's because I couldn't decide what I wanted to do they said in the interview what do you want to do I said I want to do it all I just love to learn but I want to do it all I want to be a teacher I want to be a graphic artist I want to be a painter I want to make jewelry I want to do it all right yeah and so for all these years I've been trying to learn how to do all these different things so I can combine them Mm -hmm. so I know how to turn a bowl on a lathe I know how to build things out of wood I know how to do stained glass we used to do my husband and I used to make big huge stained glass windows you know, uh, the only thing I don't know how to do that I like to know how to do is weld. Big things. Big, giant things. <laughs> but I can solder. I can Small do... scale. Right. But I solder. I know how to do that. And I know how to rivet so I don't have to solder and use fire. I do the clay. I do the... I want to cover it all. Right. My dad told me about the Renaissance man when I was younger, and I thought, I want to be that when I grow up. That's me. You know? And yeah. So I've tried to make it me, you know? Yeah. But, um, so where was I? <laughs> <laughs> well, were you talking about oh, architecture. the architecture and stuff. So I lived in Morocco when I was younger, and my dad was in the military, and he worked on the base at the power plant. And we used to go to Volubius. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, it's the Roman ruins. It's an UNESCO site. Um, but we used to go there when visitors came into town to see us, my grandparents and stuff. I love them. I've got pictures of when I was nine years old with my little brownie camera that I took for myself. <laughs> that's amazing. And then we went to um, Rabat where, um, I want to say it was E. St. Laurent. Yeah, YSL. Um, He bought a building in there, a a big, huge mansion, and and, um, 
grounds, and it, he turned it into this phenomenal garden that oh, wow. people could go in and walk. And I remember those places, and they had such cool architecture in Morocco and stuff. Old buildings, mosaics, crumbling bits, and then beautiful shapes, the corbels and the, oh, yeah. the wrought iron and stuff. That speaks to me, and that speaks to me in every place I go. I mean, I'm across the street from your gallery. I'm going to take pictures of those corbels of the guy that lives in that white house, you know, oh, yeah. and I'll go make some stuff. And I went to China. I was there for 12 days. I got more pictures of bricks <laughs> than anybody you ever, ever met. I went to the ice well, you're festival. you patterns, so I can see <laughs> Well, why. I went yeah. to the ice festival. I got pictures of colored ice bricks. I mean, I got, I got bricks on the brain, it seems like, lately. But um, I like doing the old... Um, the old sculptures of the faces and the angels, and so I'm working to combine the mosaics and the old and the new that I saw in China yeah. with our old Art Nouveau faces and so, figures that yeah, I'd like. For so. people who followed you back when, what would you say they can look forward to seeing now? Um, I'm going to start doing PMC again. Okay. Wow. So I'm going to pick which is, uh, I'm trying to figure out which is the most important part to do that is the metal because that is the most expensive mm-hmm. unless there's a stone in there and that probably will be more expensive. But I'm going to try to make them so that they combine all the things I love. Mm-hmm. So there'll be metal, there'll be stones, there'll be polymer and resin work, enamel work, maybe some fabric, you know, but... Get to see what's been in your mind all these years. Yeah, and I Mm -hmm. used to do beadwork, so all of those options are open to me. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it, that's for sure. Well, it's uh, kind of like a chef that experiments in different cuisines to kind of form their own fusion. It might have been why I didn't like Chinese food. (laughs) 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 That was bad. It wasn't bad. It was bad for me. Mm -hmm. If you like vegetables and you like noodles, you should go to China. But if you like Western food, don't, you know, English food, don't go to China unless, you know, although if you like beer, you should go to China. They love beer. I'm telling you, the rest of the people that were with me in the, on the tour, um, they all had two beers with every meal except for breakfast. (laughs) It was coffee and beer all day long for them. I have water and tea, not real fabulous. (laughs) You know, if I could have found a cow, bam, I would have been there. She but likes milk. I do. They, they call me the milkmaid. That was <laughs> you named me that years ago. I know, and it's still true. I think we met at a bar, and I was ordering beer. No, we met before that, but <laughs> that's when you gave me the milkmaid name. Oh, that was that in uh, Charleston? Was that Charleston no, or that Milwaukee? Was, it was Pennsylvania. We after oh, a bead fest show, we all went right. for dinner and everything. <laughs> but that We've you were with so Heather. Many. Yeah, we have been to a lot of shows together. But we yeah, met. we went to that one show where there was a hurricane and they evacuated the town, but they didn't tell, tell the us. <laughs> and we wonder where are all the clients and one whole part of the show left, and it's like, boy, are they going to be in trouble? They're not going to be asked back. <laughs> oh yeah, they got asked back, but <laughs> they didn't lose boy. anybody. We did. We were just so, kind of looking at each other the whole weekend. And you and Heather were underneath the table talking the whole time because it was like, well, let's have a private talk, a sit down, some wine, and some snacks. Mm-hmm. We we had thought of that. We just had a box of Junior Mints and a soda. <laughs> <laughs> Survival food, right? Yeah. yeah, that 
that was a great well it was a fun show because I got to know my booth mates better and I, I made one laugh so hard she snorted coke up her nose and liquid coke so not, you know like Pepsi not you know but it was funny all of a sudden they hear I can't breathe <laughs> it was like again, that was soda <laughs> yes it was soda <laughs> Well, that's one of the things that not only I feel like uh, I've gotten to know you as an artist, but also as a friend. And, um, you know, you've always been somebody who's been super supportive and we've had, you know, good conversations through over the years. Well, um, I've tried to, you know, since the husband moved out to the garage, it's kind of lonely in the house. So you, you learn that. You're just, you need to have more than just the one husband or the one son or the two mm-hmm. sons or whatever, because they have their own lives to leave. And um, not that I like that my <laughs> husband is leading a new life in his old garage. But um, it has opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I've tried to push back the boundaries that I set myself in fear about not saying to somebody that I love them or that I like them or I like what they're doing or or actually putting forth an opinion. Oh, I yeah. never used to do that. When we first met, we were both, I think, kind of reserved yeah, in our Yeah, really, yeah. I mean, it was like we'd, we'd say, hi, how are you? You'd buy a fabulous bleed, and I'd be so happy, you know, and we'd both be feeling good, and every once in a while we'd meet for dinner, and we had a great yeah. dinner in San Francisco and stuff. That was that fun. Was I liked fun. that, yeah. And I think that's really when we started to have a better relationship, you and I. But um, oh, definitely. I really like reading on your blogs and your stuff for Allegory Gallery um, when you're talking about yourself and how things bothered you or were hard for you when you were a kid and I relate to a lot of them Yeah, um, I grew up in similar circumstances but I'm trying to not necessarily have more friends but have friends that are um a deeper connection. Yes. Um, you know, that are not fly-by-night. Yeah. I know a lot of people, but I have maybe a double handful of good friends, well, friends that are tribe members. In this 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 uh, podcast, we've you've been very open about different struggles that you've experienced. And I don't think 15 years ago, you I wouldn't would have, have said told you. that. No, I wouldn't have. I think there's something yeah. empowering about owning your truth and knowing yourself, not only as an artist, but as a person. And you've kind of grown to, you know, accept the things that um, are hard yeah. and work with them and thrive in that. Well, I think, too, a lot of the things that I've gone through, I never heard about from anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's like if these, I can't be the only person experiencing these right. things. Oh. So why aren't they talking about them and helping other people out? Um, a couple of years ago, I had a really bad problem with my teeth. I had an infection I didn't know about. I was sick all the time. I had been sick for years and didn't realize that every time I swallowed, I was swallowing that infection. So I got all my teeth done. And it has been a lifesaver and an eye-opener because I'm not sick all the time. I have more energy. I can do more things. I'm happy about getting up in the morning, going down to the studio. Or if I don't feel like working because it's too cold down there, um, 
then I can sit up and do Pinterest and just, you know, pin my brain falls out. That's right. Pinterest. No, it's not. It's <laughs> Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. You can be like my sister and make fun of me all you want, but I'm sorry. It's Pinterest. We have an excellent uh, Pinterest. Uh, <laughs> I'm on my second account. So you get you get shut down at 200,000 pins, and wow. I got shut down. And that was after deleting like 60,000, 70,000 and repinning all those different different pictures. And I had quite a nice selection. I think it's interesting. <laughs> and now on 150,000. You're, you're wow. so active with that because that's kind of the way that you operate as an artist. You're like a creative magpie. A little bit of this and a little bit of that and this visual. Like when you look at your beads, you can see the Moroccan silhouettes of doors, but a little bit of Art Nouveau and a mm-hmm. little bit of the bricks of China and a yeah. little bit, you know, a little bit yeah, of Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of things. <laughs> I love texture. I love color. Oh, my God, I love color. Um, you have a very distinctive color sensibility. I work hard at that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, I have several friends that really look at things and really focus, and um, so I've been applying myself to, I didn't go to college, so I've had to teach myself the elements and principles of design and stuff like that, and they're mainly made for painters and artists that are doing big work, so when you shrink it down to jewelry, it becomes a whole nother thing. My painting then becomes a half inch, a quarter inch, maybe two inches if it's large. And so you have to squeeze all that in there to make somebody who's across the room to be able to see it. And so I'm looking at contrast of color to make them come in. And then when they get in, I want them to see all the nuances. So then there are subtleties in the color changes of what's where and how it all reacts or relates to um, the pieces that are included in that. There's such an elegance and opulence and kind of luxury. There's the opalescence and the metallics and... Well, one of my famous favorite designers is Lalique with Art Nouveau, and then Tiffany did Tiffany windows, almost opened a um, stained glass door, um, and um, I just love those those pieces. I dream about those things. I have all those books that have Art Nouveau jewelry in them, and now I'm buying enough things to try to replicate them. <laughs> I've got so many pearls and little tiny beads and oh, yeah. molds to make and, and metal to make into those forms. And they, I mean, Lalique used to use aluminum, and it was worth more than platinum. Oh, wow. It costs more than platinum, and now look where it is. Right. A lot of the things that say um, depot, depot, say, D-E-P-O-S-E, ivory on any of Lalique's pieces are actually plastic. That's oh, amazing. A forerunner of Bakelite, and basically the forerunner of the polymer clay that I'm using. That's um, incredible. Yeah, it's just, you know, the technology's come, and uh, that started out as a brand new product. Right. And so the technology has moved forward and become better and better, and comes with colors. And, or you can take transparent and mix it with earth pigments that artists, painters, and uh, pastel artists use to make their own 
paints and chalks and stuff, but you can mix that now into polymer and make it your own. It doesn't have to look like everybody else's. So it really has given me a place that I can have a voice of my own. Yeah. Well, you're so smart with your process and techniques. and um, I'm amazed at your depth of knowledge because just spending some time with you these last few days, I don't. where do you get it from? Do you research? I read you, a lot and mm-hmm. I research everything I'm interested in. Um, and then I try to take, like, I did, um, I told you I did the kimono silk fabric. Mm-hmm. So that's, you have to make um, soy milk, you have to stretch your fabric, you have to cut your stencils and then layer them. So those things, though, and you have to paint with natural dyes. Well, watercolors are natural dyes. So when I was doing that, I was taking watercolors out of watercolor tubes Mm -hmm. and mixing them with the soy milk to do the painting on the silk. And my instructor was like, you can't do that. And I said, why not? It's natural. It's just got gum Arabic in it that's extra. And that's a natural product. So it's not going to hurt the... And he was stunned because it worked. (laughs) So, so, but I try to take things I've learned in other things. Like now I'm I'm working with the eggshells and the mica flakes that I've dyed. And that was recently on Cynthia Tinapple's Studio Mojo. Mm -hmm. It's a subscription thing for polymer artists, or I guess anybody wants to pay for it. Um, but what I did is I put dyed the eggshells with ink in different colors. And then um, I also dyed mica flakes, which are basically stone, mm-hmm. and yeah. dyed those with um, alcohol inks. And then I put them on polymer and mosaic them. So they almost look like Tiffany windows with, uh, with a, a pathway of um, the eggshells. And so everybody went crazy about them. I did too, even though it took a whole <laughs> damn day to do one bead. I mean, it was like four hours to do a little inch and a half circle. Mm-hmm. But um, they're beautiful. And so when I go home, I'm going to start looking at my Pinterest page of <laughs> Tiffany because I have like 6,000 pins on that page alone. Wow. And they're all the patterns of the lamps in different colors. He used glass that was all mottled and everything. And I do a line of liquid polymer clay veneers. And so I call them Tiffany veneers. But they have all modern things in them. They have Angelina mylar and Angelina fiber that actually looks like shredded hair that's in these metallic colors. And I use mica powder and glitter and chalk powder and ink. And they're all laminated into the liquid polymer. And then I can take that and cut it up and make more mosaics. Well, you're definitely fearless in your experimentation. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. You know, you have the knowledge to back it up across so many different. Well, I'm trying. Like I said, I look I look at like rubber stamping sites and see what they're doing because they really push a lot of these mediums like with the ink and the mica Mm -hmm. and the flakes embossing powders and what they're doing with paper. I look at origami sites to see what they're doing with forms. I look at a lot of um, ceramic sites. I love what some of these ceramic artists are doing. If you've ever seen Bennett Beans, he makes these huge, like, vessels, and they look like they've been cut apart, stretched out, put back together, and then more of it put in there. And then the bottom is all... Like Raku fired, but with a, like a white base, so you oh, can neat. see all that grunge and mm-hmm. texture and um, tech, um, 
Yeah, texture and patinas. Oh, God, I love patinas. But the top, then, is like a band of color that have patterns on them, like checkerboards, lines, arrows, um, nautilus shells and everything. And the color is so amazing. He, he does beautiful work. I would love to take those, beat those, make them into beads, flip them upside down, because I think they would be beautiful. Now, unfortunately, he's still alive, and I'm not going to copy him, but um, <laughs> the ideas are there. <laughs> Hurry up and die, Bennett. Um, not really, because I really like him. But his work is beautiful. I've seen it up close, and some of it, you, you see the pictures, and you think they got to, well, and some of them do, actually, at the whole table but some of them are small oh really and they're beautiful and um, he does some bowls that he does just solid gold leaf inside so they glow from the inside out and they're just stunning but I look at a lot of ceramic artists because there are a bunch of them out there that are playing with form mm -hmm. and then they're doing these collages of different techniques um, I took a bead class when I was first learned beading back in 93, I went to Aramont, and in the class next to us was Patrick Crabtree, and he's a big ceramic artist. Okay. What he does is he has everybody build everything, let it dry, they break it, and then they paint all the pieces different colors. And so he was nice. He let me go in and, and play for an afternoon. Okay. They fired, and I still have the piece. But, you know, because my roommate was in the class, so I visited her. She came in. She goes, no, beads are not for me. So I, you know, but I went home with a nice piece of ceramic. <laughs> but um, it was cool because it, all the colors went together, but they were all different shards. And I like the idea of shards and putting things together and, you know, well, finding treasure. Like your whole experience is, as an artist and a person is taking, uh, like, a living collage where you're taking things of uh, disparate sources mm -hmm. and fusing them together, whether it's the broken edges and smoothing it with color or sensuous lines of Lalique. It's really amazing. Yeah, I really like doing that. To me, and it's funny because I've had a lot of people say, I don't see how you get it, and it works. But to me, it looks natural. It feels natural. It's just like... Um, I can see either the color or the line or something goes together. Or, um, you know, especially with the old stuff, the old patinas and the old worn sandstone look that I try to get with PMC. And um, I like the old cracks and the bricks. To me, those speak of age and the old places I've seen. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the figures, they're normally Art Nouveau because they were nicely made. And I can buy a mess of antique silver <laughs> to molds from. And I'm not hurting anybody because they are all dead. Um, and they come in all different sizes. So I look at those and I say, okay, what part of this do I want to use? And but then they're nice looking women, you know, mainly that's what I that's what they made, that's what I use. And I think the woman is beautiful form, even if she's round like me. So um, I like putting women like looking out of windows. So you're wondering what she's looking at. You're looking at her. She's looking at something else. Mm -hmm. The scene tells the story. And really, I think a lot of my work is narrative because of that. You know, I really like the story behind the artwork in almost every piece I've ever done, even, even my fabric. I like the story behind 
you know, and I think that yeah. that pushes a lot of my work forward. I'm liking the story behind your story. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, it's interesting to hear how you connect, you know, your creativity, your personal life, your vision of women in art, and how that relates to stories and your own voice as an artist and as a woman, mm-hmm. and it's really empowering. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. So, obviously, you've been through a lot, and... Well, not as much as some people, though. Right. So, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you wonder, well, what am I crabbing about? You know, That's but I have idea. had some things, but the things... I've had really great support from my friends, mm-hmm. um, helping me push through those parts and come outside. I hope a better person, and um, that makes everybody around me a little bit happier, a little bit nicer, which makes my day a little bit better. And it <laughs> just kind of goes right. forward. And so I have found out, and I wish I found it out earlier in my life. I was really angry and. Um, had serious depression. I still do. I, I um, take Zoloft every day. Mm-hmm. Would not be without it. Recommend it to everybody on the planet. I think the world would be a nicer place. But um, Or something similar. Prozac probably would have great. Um, I know a lady who gave her cats Prozac. So, you know, that's to be said about that. Andrew, William, four cats. Uh, <laughs> just in case. Just happy. in case you see those cords getting chewed. They're go pretty to the, well adjusted. Get that so Prozac far. out, baby. <laughs> Wrap it in some cheese. They'll yeah. never know. Um, <laughs> but um, So what advice or wisdom, words of wisdom would you give to people who are struggling or who are... Well, I'm not good in that Zola. part because I'm still Zola, struggling. She says, right? Zola's great. <laughs> um, I don't have good advice for people that are trying to start a business because I can't seem to do it. <laughs> I have a hard time selling my stuff unless somebody's pushing me behind there or contacts me on Facebook out of the blue, and they do that, and I like that. Mm -hmm. But they say, oh, I saw this, and I'd like to buy it, you know, and do you still have it? And chances are, yes, I still do. Because I had a hard time when I was selling at Beat and Button in Tucson and stuff like that because I didn't like putting myself forward, and that's before all this stuff with my husband and pushing myself forward and, and getting over that gate or that fence and um, I think I would do a better job at it now and I think the interaction with your customer is really important I don't know how these people find out who your customer base is because all I know is my customer base has to either like narratives or um, stories or Art Nouveau women or old places or have a lot of money to say, it. well, because my beads are expensive, right. because I'm using quality products, I'm investing a lot of time, I'm making beads that I would wear myself, because I found, I tried for a while to make beads that I thought everybody else wanted, mm-hmm. they didn't sell. Right. So when I, I found, when I made beads People that sense. I like, and that I would wear, and do wear, um, they are willing to pay the price, right. but because of it, I need a huge volume of people to see my work, to get one or two sales. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult for me. So I'm not really the one to ask. I have a hard time just buying business cards. You know, (laughs) I call my my site is Befuddled, um, and that's the business name that I've been going by for over 15 years. But I have friends that are telling me I should just go by my name. 
but I really I don't like my name because it's still attached to the husband in the garage. <laughs> well, you know, I well, think it's a, it's an evolving uh, landscape because yeah. before Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. you know, everybody wanted to do, you know, Rainbow Studio. A catchy name. Yeah, yeah, I understand and that. With the, you know, when you're selling yourself. Um, well, and I as, think you are your product too. Your, your knowledge, your input, your work. Well, when I first took the name is when I learned how to do seed bead work. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing bead weaving. I was doing peyote stitch. I was doing, I took a class from Joyce Scott and she taught me how to do actual three-dimensional figures. And so there was a lot of that. And I was actually bead fuddled <laughs> because I didn't know which way I want to go back to that college um, right. thing that I couldn't, cause I wanted to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was lucky I had a gallery owner who believed in everything I did. He was such, he still is such a nice man. I'm still in contact with him. 20, I haven't seen him in the last 20 years. But I get Christmas cards from him. He's always oh, posting beautiful. on my thing. I love your work. It's beautiful. You're always doing great things. And he was just a really generous soul. And he gave me several one-woman one woman shows. and But everyone was different. Yeah. One year it was all collages with little postage stamps from all around the world that were the old kind with the steel engravings. Mm-hmm. That those were the oh, wow. centerpieces, and the pieces were little tiny, like two by three. But then they were in frames that were like eight by ten. Right. So you had all this space so you could concentrate on that little. And I had a whole wall of those. And then I did all these watercolors. And then I did all these colored pencils. And those were all roses and flowers and everything like that. And then I started mixing the pencils and the watercolors. <laughs> and then I started sewing beads on them. And then I did necklaces and jewelry. And then I did big sculptures with stained glass and painted um Boxes with women inside of them and crackle on the outside. So, they again, the old stuff and mm-hmm. nails beat through it and broken glasses and hearts and the whole. I mean, I've done the gamut. Right. And, but he well, was nice. With the shows you've done with us, you've yeah. had a really wide breadth of, of expression. Yeah. But One he was. The show was uh, the alchemical symbols yep. and uh, colored pencils. And, yeah, tempera paint. Yeah. And you and did Indian one ink. that was. Is a bead show. And yep. And I've done the one that was um, the transfers and the collages with the handmade frames. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was a while ago. That was a long time ago. That was, I think, your first shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was I re- think one of our yeah. first shows, too. It was. I made him. Yeah. But um, he was really nice. He supported me with every show I did. And um, I got a lot of sales from him that I would not have expected. Uh, I've got pieces in the George Orr Museum down there. And um, the Biloxi City bought pieces from me. I used to show um, in Ocean Springs, which is like an art community, really in one of the top ten, and his shop was in one of the top ten art towns of the U.S., and um, the, what is it when they call it? It's a garden. It's like the Phipps, but it's in Mississippi, and the director bought pieces from me of the plants that I did, you know, and I took classes for medical illustration at a local college, Mm -hmm. and I wanted, you know, so I have all these things that I wanted to do. So he was nice and supported me in that, and that really gave me a lot of freedom. He had to show one year of all my boxes. 
I had all these boxes, and um, they were all empty, so you could fill them (laughs) with your own treasure. But um, they all had stories behind them. So um, I just really like making art. I think that just shows how important (laughs) it it is to to have support. Yeah, I didn't have it really in my old family. My father thought I was way out in left field. But I do remember one time my mom saying, she's not like the girls. She doesn't make her hair like that. She doesn't dress like them. She wears all this weird stuff. She just embroidered her pants, a whole tree up the side of her leg. And my dad, goes, he was just back from being gone for nine months because he's in the military. And he says, she's her own person. Just let her be. She'll be fine. And But when I became an adult, he said, you know, I used to worry about you. I thought you were always going to be out in the field by yourself. And then he heard about the the old ladies with the purple hair and the red hats. Mm-hmm. He goes, I think you're going to be one. I said, I think I already am. My hair's purple, Dad. Did you get the job? <laughs> and then I went to visit him, and this was probably like the topping on the cake for him as far as I was concerned. Um, <laughs> my sons, for the Christmas before, had painted... Um, my husband had, that's when I still got along, my husband had made birdhouses. And so we took all the house paints that we'd ever had and had moved around with, moved around with, moved around with. Well, one son was two and the other was six. And so they painted those and we let them paint them the way they wanted to. So at Christmas, we wrapped them up and we brought my, them to my father who opened them and said, what in the hell is this? <laughs> and I was the president of the what in the hell is this club because every year I tried to get him a present that would go for that. But um, anyway, we went up the next year to see him and he lived in Arkansas he still does but he hadn't put up the tree up the um the birdhouses on the trees so we went to his garage and I'm finding all these great pieces of iron and stuff and I had been um antiquing with my um stepmother the day before and she had gotten an old mask or brindle or bridle or something for cows and it has the big it's for the oxen it has the big um pieces that go under the jawline mm-hmm. and then the straps that go over but when you sit it the right way it looks like an iron bra but it's all leather and and it's heavy duty so yeah. i said that is a great bra she bought it I said, we could make something with that. And so, anyway, I we were kind of planning it. So I went in and saw all his stuff in the garage. He had a big, great big fan, you know, cover that was laying over there. A bowling ball. I don't know what my father was doing with a bowling ball. Um, what else did he have? He had, oh, chicken, chicken wire. He had iron pipes. So I got my husband down, and I said, okay, we're going to surprise Dad. So we built the iron pipe. We set it in cement, put the iron pipe up. He soldered or welded everything else up. So we had a piece of iron that went out like this, like arms, you know, just one piece of wire went around, and he soldered it to the body and where the spine would be. We put the iron bra on it, (laughs) tacked that in place. We put the, the fan shield up around the waist so it looked like an upturned apron. And then we put the wire, the chicken wire around the bottom so it was like a full length dress then we made the bowling ball into her head we took the other part of the fan and put it on the back of her head so she looked like she had a big halo and then we plant and we put gloves on her and we planted her and we planted her in the front yard and then we literally planted her with flowers we had trained um morning glories going up her dress she had petunias in her little apron she had um What'd she have in her hands? Little pots that had little plants, like 
um, pansies or something. My dad came home from hunting. He goes, what in the hell is this? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. But it made the local newspaper. It was so crazy. Word went out around about it, and it made the local newspaper. He goes, oh, my God, I am in so much trouble. He goes, you cannot have the cast iron (laughs) stove in my my garage. I said, I'm thinking it would be a great night for him, but for her, you know. So when it dies, we're going to go and build it and make it into a night for the lady. But my stepmother did one better. She got an old wrought iron bed and put the mattress out and planted it with flowers. So she's at least oh, ready neat. for bed, but it's nice. out in their front yard. But they both made the paper. That's so it so was what, funny. Did, what did he think about when he made the paper? Then he thought I hadn't lost my mind so much because he was surprised <laughs> at what the local people said about it. It was so funny. And then um, I used to hang my Christmas tree upside down. So you can get really great ornaments and tinsel. It hangs down. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's like a big silver column. And so I told my father, because I bought it at an auction at the library that I showed at. And um, he goes, oh, my God, Kelly, I really worry about you. I said, I could get it in the house without Ed being home. <laughs> because he was gone. The year before, we had gone over the backyard and over the fence and got a big, huge magnolia branch. And I thought it would fit in the house. Unfortunately, it was the length of the house. It just didn't look that big out the woods. So I ended up having to cut it in three pieces. And so both the kids got the pieces of tree limb suspended over their beds with lights wrapped around it and some (laughs) balls hanging from it. And those stayed up for years. And then we hung the branch up. So after a while, it was like, you got to do something new. And so I got the tree that hung up from, it hangs from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. You can twist it while while you're um, putting stuff on it. My dad was like, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I sent him pictures. It's looking good, Kelly, but you're still out of your mind. (laughs) But like two years later, it was in the new local newspaper up there. Somebody else had done it, not Mm -hmm. me. It was a local decorator. It's actually a a very old tradition, I think. Upside down? Mm -hmm. Upside down Christmas trees. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. I love them. Yeah. You know, I had one up for five years. It was like, it's it's too pretty to take Mm -hmm. down. That was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, just weird stuff. Yeah. Well, do you have any shows planned or places where people might be able to see your work? Well, I've been posting a lot on Facebook Mm -hmm. because everybody says they don't know what I do. Right. And I don't like that. I want them to know what I do. Absolutely. And, um, but the last couple of years I've been trying to catch up because polymer clay has changed so much from the nineties when we first started using, it has changed so much. It just blows my mind. Every, like every other day, somebody's doing something new and you go, wow, how did they do that? So the last couple of years, four or five years, I've been trying to catch up on all the techniques I missed in the interim. Right. And, um, so I just got back from a retreat that was eight days long, and I took a three-day class with Melanie West, who does really cool things with transparent clays. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I did my eggshell and mica flake beads. So it's a lot of experimentation. There are a lot of demos. There's a lot of trading back and forth. And it's interesting because we there were 120 women in that room, and we're all using polymer, the, all the same stuff. We all have alcohol ink and mica and everything so you can borrow from everybody freely right but nobody's doing anything the same way twice yeah it's so interesting well, it's so energizing it is sure. it is well, you go with your voice you go back exhausted it's like oh my <laughs> god so then i came here and took christie's classes which again mm-hmm. 
I probably know as much as Christy does for polymer clay. And there are a couple of times when she goes, really, you do it that way? And I'll say, really, you do it that way? And it's right. it's a great conversation. But it, it's interesting, the roads that we've taken, because mm-hmm. we're good friends and we've known each other for 20 years. But um, we haven't taken the same path. So we've learned different things at different times and applied them different ways. And there are still things I can learn from her that I'm always amazed at. Uh, I'll watch one of her videos and, um, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, that's so basic. And then you look at it, really look at it. You go, oh, my God, did she just blow my mind or what? <laughs> right. And there, I think, are times that I do that to her. So that's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um and there are times when I'm taking a class, and I know the majority of what they're going to teach me and can be ahead of the teacher, but sometimes it's just that little thing that makes it, you know, go to that next step. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to catch up on. So I don't have anything scheduled until August. I'm taking a class from a lady from France okay. that mixes polymer clay with salt and sugars and talcum powders and all these things to change the way polymer acts and feels. Oh, wow. And gives you different looks. Um, very industrial. So, yeah. again, back to the architecture. Right. And then, and she dyes her own pieces, uh, which is in relation to what I just learned three days ago. And then now I'm thinking I can use Christie's wing idea for all sorts of windows. That's Absolutely. in like Flynn. Oh, yeah. But, and then in um, September, I'm taking a class that I'm going to learn how to start a necklace from start to finish where we have to build our own molds of our own bodies so we actually have a form to build on. Oh, wow. And it's it's interesting because this is a woman who normally makes uh, polymer veneers for furniture. So hmm. she's working in huge sheets that are thin and cut out and reassembled and then transferred onto the wood and now she's applying it smaller to jewelry and I want to see how she applies it around the neck because I didn't take these kinds of classes when because I didn't go to college so I'm having to learn a lot of these things fresh so you know a lot well I try my dad always said if you had a book you could teach yourself anything you wouldn't die I'm trying to learn something new every day so I don't that's a good philosophy. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to work. I think I'm still going to die. <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's about the creative journey. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. I like that probably better than thinking I'm going to die. I mean, everybody does, and you worry about it and stuff, but um, I do like learning things. Well, I think a little bit of your spirit lives in each of your pieces. Yes, I like that, too. I, li- I, I do like that because it's like... Um, all those people I like and follow of their artwork that I think they're still alive. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came around the corner. You know, I'd <laughs> yeah. like to see them, right. have a chat. You know what I mean? And I think you also live on, especially I consider you a good friend, and um, you live on through the, the relationships you make. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying hard at those, I'm trying to get those better. And you're doing great. Uh, thank you. So are you. <laughs> thank you. Doing great. 
Well, Kelly, I think we'll call this a wrap-up here okay. today. It's been great um, <laughs> listening to your story and listening to what you've been up to. Thank um, you. I'm sure that people who have been missing you for years are very happy <laughs> to hear that you're doing much better. It's and, funny to reintroduce myself to other mm-hmm. people that knew me before as a PMC artist, and now they're like, you're not doing PMC? What are you doing? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, all the things. All, all the, the things. things. It sounds like all the things. I want like to do all the things. The things. <laughs> I want to know all the things. Well, really, I want to know all the things so I know which is the right approach to do for the thing I want to make. Right. And if you don't know them, how do you know you're missing out on the best thing you can do? Absolutely. So. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, son. And everyone listening, again, you can find Kelly Russell on Facebook. Under Kelly Russell. That's right. Maryland. Maryland. Although there, there are, are five more of us. Linthica, <laughs> Maryland, because there, there are five in, up in Baltimore. Well, I also encourage you to look up her old blog, befuddled.blogspot.com. Yep. Because there's a wealth of visual juiciness. And we hear there might be a lot of her things floating out there in Pinterest. Pinterest land. Yeah, there land. are, actually. And there's a whole page of my pieces on my My. big interest (laughs) because I posted them. I'm so stunned when I see my piece come up on a board. It's like, hey, who put that there? Somebody knows me Yeah, that's mine. (laughs) They didn't ask, but it's there. It's out in the world. That's like the time you almost bought your own piece. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. I can't believe how excited I was about that. Damn, that's a nice piece. I'll give you $60. <laughs> Kelly, that's yours. Oh! <laughs> that was a little embarrassing, but it was funny, and I still have more of those beads, so I might be bringing them to you to sell. Nice, nice. Go for $60. <laughs> <laughs> it's the going rate, apparently, right? You can sell it back to Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> It probably goes with some other beads I'm still having because I can't sell them on my non-existent website. Well, so. I think we found a new business plan tonight. Yeah! We'll be working on making my new website. You'll be able to contact me soon. <laughs> At www.whatanut.com. And with that, we'll leave you tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Thank you.